everybody. You're listening to The Big Chill Podcast. This is episode 520, wrapping up 2022. Post-Christmas, pre-New Year's, Big Chill Podcast episode. I'm Frank, joined as always with Eddie. Eddie, how's it going? Yeah, things are going well. I'm filled still with the Christmas spirit, so enjoyed my my wow. time off. I know, it's as enthusiastic as you're ever going to hear me. Yeah, Mr. Christmas just can't get out of you, huh? I don't know if I'd phrase it that way, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Also, who's Mr. Well, Christmas? <laughs> Mr. Christmas. I don't know. You tell us, Eddie. <laughs> He's the one filling you up. <laughs> okay. So what was the uh, best gift you received, Eddie? Well, I mean, we're of an What's age, most right? Useful, most practical gift you received. I got a new jacket. I guess that's probably the thing I'll get the yeah. most most use out of. I, okay. I, it's, you know, but yeah, we're of that age where you you don't wake up with that excitement on Christmas morning, right? About the presents you might, might open. It's, it's mostly practical, fairly unexciting gifts. Wow. Speak for yourself. I got a PS5. I got a new television. See a TV. Did you get a new TV? No, no, I didn't. (laughs) A TV would get me excited. Yeah. I need like tech gifts to get excited about. Yeah. Like a computer or a TV or something that could get me a little bit excited. Everything else, even if it's, expensive this sounds sad to say but it's you know like a a a sweatshirt or whatever it just doesn't i don't like open and be like oh my god i can't believe i got this yeah i got a new nespresso machine i don't know if that counts as tech but i was pretty excited about that it's my old one broke as well so now i have one in my office again so that doubled the excitement (laughs) okay yeah that's tech ish it's tech ish not exciting for me because i'm not a coffee drinker but yeah yeah and how about I'm not done anyway with Christmas. Mr. I'm not Christmas either. Is, is got you pulling <laughs> his grips. <laughs> well, I know I had I was I had a Christmas gift related sports story. Oh, okay. N- not uplifting though. Oh boy. But uh, <laughs> Italian rugby is is mired in controversy at the moment after uh, Benetton, one of Italy's premier professional rugby clubs, they had a player secret Santa, and uh, one of the black members of the team his one of the secret santa gifts that he received was a rotten banana and it has probably not it has not received the backlash that you would have expected there's been some condemnation obviously the players were asked to apologize this player is not a he's the italian international he's the italian prop so it wasn't like he was some minor member of the squad not that that changes it I need, I need a clarification. Is this Secret Santa or White Elephant they're playing? Secret Santa. So no, you okay. couldn't So you know who and... you're giving it to. Yeah. Because White Elephant, just... you just get a gift for like a pot, basically. And yes. then people pull from the pot. Gotcha. Yeah. It wasn't just unfortunate that he happened to get this present. This like, is a directed gift. Okay. Yes. And when he opened it, supposedly the other players all found it funny. So, which he said that was the more upsetting part to him wasn't the fact that he received it in the first place was the fact that his teammates thought it was amusing because then you couldn't just again dismiss it as 
this is one idiot. It is actually more representative of the overall culture within the team. But yeah, it's uh, seemingly not the most severe punishments are being handed out. They were asked to apologize to the player. He said that he's accepted their apologies. He felt like they were heartfelt. But you would have thought that something more severe would be handed down for something as openly racist as that. But it changed the tone of that podcast real quick. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's my role. I, you, you're all lighthearted and fun, and I come in with the seriousness and the sadness. Well, I guess I'll try and bring us back up and link um, food and Christmas. We do a raclette dinner for Christmas Eve now is kind of the tradition that we've started over the past, I'd say like four or five years now, which is fun because most people here have no idea what it is. Um, so I guess for people who are listening who don't know what raclette is, it's kind of just like a cheese that you can melt and it has a nice consistency that you can then pour over potatoes and meats and vegetables and things like that. And it's, it's kind of ways, right? It's It's kind of sort of reverse. It's reverse fondue. So instead of melting it all together and dipping in it, you're melting it in smaller sections and pouring on, but kind of the end result is similar to fondue. Similar. Although I like the cheese a little better than fondue. Oh, yeah. Also, fondue just kind of seems a little gross. Yeah. Like unless you have your individual <laughs> fondue pot. Yes. The idea of like you all just dipping in and scooping out and stuff like over, yeah. especially in a post-pandemic world in which we live and during a cold and flu season, that that bit seems a little bit more off-putting to me. Raclette, yeah. uh, more hygienic. And I guess the thing with raclette, right, is there's technically two ways, although I've only ever seen the the other one once where it's a wheel that they melt and then you pour from the wheel itself. The, the more wheel traditional of cheese, way, yeah. the more traditional way is you have kind of almost like, it almost looks like a big griddle, like an American person would be able to figure. It looks like a griddle and then you put like the holders that have the cheese in the holder on kind of the heating element and then it melts it and then you pour it on your food. Regardless, um, I was looking for the cheese, which is not easy to find here because not many people do raclette but trader joe's and a place called sprouts which is kind of like a whole foods ish place usually have it the last few years they've always had it went to the first trader joe's they did not have it then i went to sprouts they did not have it and then i got into like my head where where you kind of like i'm gonna find this fucking cheese if it's the last thing i do i'll drive to phoenix arizona i'll drive two hours if i have to i'm getting this cheese so I then went to another Trader Joe's. They didn't have it. I went to another Sprouts. They didn't have it. Then I went to Whole Foods and the Whole Foods had like blocks cut of raclette cheese. So not sliced like you would have it traditionally, but it was like a whole block of it. So I was like, oh, here we go. Yes. But I can't slice the cheese well enough at home. So I said to the guy, I said, hey, this is, this is the bit I still don't understand. Why can't you slice it well enough? Because you can't be that like even and accurate with it. It's like a huge, it's like a pretty big block of cheese. Well, you don't have to be that thin. We're talking about trying to make, you know, this isn't a tough operation. Uh, Not easy. It's easy. Not easy. So I go to, well, the easier option, Eddie, is I'm in a store that has four very nice thousand dollar slicers. And I asked the guy, hey, can you slice this cheese for me? And he gave me like the weirdest look like this isn't going to be like, no one's ever asked me to slice cheese before. And I was like, is everything all right? And he goes, well, that's the deli department. We're the cheese department. 
And I was like, what the hell are you talking about, dude? You're all, you're all Whole Foods. Like, it's one store. And he goes, yeah, but, like, like the, the barcodes and stuff are different. And I was like, all right, I'll pay for the whole cheese now and then just hand it to the guy and ask him to slice it. And he's like, oh, well, we really can't do that. And I was like, why can't you do these things? So he's like, sorry, I can't do it. And then, like, kind of, like, walked away. And I was like, no, this ain't happening. So I waited for him to come back. Like, he purposely left and was, like, went into the back and was like, 20 Mississippi, 21 Mississippi, 22 Mississippi. <laughs> like, all right, this guy's gone. And walked back out, and I just, like, stared at him. I was like, you got to slice this, dude. And he's like, oh, all right, hold on. Let me try and find someone in Delhi. And then he finds this person, and he brings the person out. And the guy's like, what's up? <laughs> like, didn't tell him. He just, like, kind of found this guy. I was like, listen, I need to slice this cheese, blah, blah, blah. And the guy's like, yeah, I can slice it. And the other guy's like, well, it's not your department, man. And he's like, who gives a shit? <laughs> And then he just like takes the cheese and slices it for me. It like worked out perfectly. But while I'm standing there, I'm now in the deli behind like like where a customer would stand behind the counter and the guys on the other side slicing it. I'm in a red England jersey with Jude Bellingham on the back and a backwards USA hat on. And some guy walks up to me and goes, excuse me, sir. Do you work here? <laughs> <laughs> Always, and then uh, this, is, this is Whole Foods where everyone is dressed in a green shirt, first off. Yeah, I always find that <laughs> it too. It says Whole Foods across it. But it's also, and I mean this with the utmost respect to people who work in supermarkets, but it's also kind of a sl- always a slight blow to your ego that someone's looking at you and thinking, this guy looks like he works in a supermarket. Yeah, yeah. And like I looked at him and I was like, "What?" He's like, "Do do you work here? Uh, do, do you know where the olives are?" And I'm like, "No, sorry, I don't work here. Like, I don't know what to tell you. It's literally at the back of my shirt says Bellingham on it with a number, maybe, like in red. Well, maybe he thought that was your name. That was your staff <laughs> name and number. It would have been better if he was like, "Hey, Jude, do you do you work here, Jude?" <laughs> that was one of the weirdest I've ever gotten of a "Do you work here?" In a backwards baseball cap and a soccer jersey. <laughs> but no, uh, yeah, it's an, it was a good Christmas period. And obviously it's nice to, uh, you know, Premier League is back. NFL heating up and getting it, making its way towards the playoffs. College football bowl games are here. College football playoffs soon to be upon us. So yeah, we had the, obviously the action-packed World Cup. Maybe a little bit of a down period, a couple weeks of slightly quieter uh, sporting activity and things soon will be fully underway in a number of sports. You know, I, I, I was talking to my dad about this the other day. They, why aren't the better bowl games on now when there's nothing else on? Like, it's so weird to me that they have these bowl games all take place on the same two days. Like, oh, the Rose yeah. Bowl has to be on this. Like, why can't you have the Rose Bowl yesterday? There was nothing on television. Everyone will be like, oh, sweet. There's a really good football game on tonight. Let, let's watch that. But instead, always, you're going to put it on with another game on at the same time. Like, it's so dumb. I always find the also the, like, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. I don't know how great of a day that is necessarily for, for you know, having your major games on. Because it's yeah. just like, maybe, okay, maybe New Year's Day you make the argument that you're relaxing a little bit more. But still, it's just, I don't know. For most people, it's a day that maybe you're not functioning at the kind of highest <laughs> standard. And so probably not the day you want to then either 
make your way to a bar or kind of organize watching it with friends or whatever it is. It just yeah. seems to me like I, I agree with you. Like these days, the like 27th, 28th, 29th, 30th, those yeah. seem like the prime days to have the better bowl games on. You'd also then make the argument for the ones associated with the playoffs that you're then giving those teams more time to rest. Yeah. And like, I, like New Year's Eve is even a weirder day, I think, than New Year's Day. And that's when they have both of the playoff games are on New Year's Eve. So you have people who are kind of at parties and it's just on in the background a little bit, you know, yeah. like you could put it on this Wednesday and Thursday that nothing else is on that most people either aren't working because they've taken off the whole week or if they're working, they're like really not working. Like you're going in there, you're just putting in the motions and then you're, you're leaving, but still you could even have just a, a normal night game for each of those and it wouldn't affect anybody and everyone would watch them. Yeah, no, I, yeah, it's, it seems strange to me. Like, but instead uh, we get like the Gasparillo Bowl that you don't even want to watch. <laughs> and and obviously I'm, it's also particularly strange if you have any interest in watching them and you're in Europe, for example, like the New Year's Eve ones, that means that one of the games is running through midnight, for example. Yeah. And so that's, that's a strange experience. And one of the other games starts at like 2 a.m. So there's that other weirdness of like, and again not at a prime audience by any stretch, but still, <laughs> if you are a European college football fan, you're in a position where you're, if you really want to watch those games, you're planning your New Year's Eve around college football. And, and that doesn't seem like a, like a great idea. Yeah. Those eight, those eight college football fans, those eight Alabama fans in Paris are going to be pissed this year. <laughs> you never, Hey, who knows? The ESPN did an article not that long ago about some French uh, college football fan. I think he was an old Miss fan, but about how he's become like a, a sort of cult figure almost within the old, the old Miss like fan base because they've become fascinated with this French guy who just latched on, like became a this diehard fan. He like live tweets during all the games and things and kind of tried That's to so build weird. a fan base. It's a little weird, but you know. He got enough attention that ESPN wrote an article about him, so good for him. Yeah, it's true. Tell you what's not weird, Eddie. Arsenal's continued dominance on the top of the Premier League table. I got some text messages from former co-host Sam. Uh, when was that? That I was texting Dude. him? Because I, I started no. texting him. He did not. He never mentioned the fact that you were speaking to him. So read into that what you will. But he sent me some messages through when they went 2-1 up. He was very quiet when they were 1-0 down. Didn't hear anything from him in the first half. But quick second half turnaround, and all of a sudden I got messages saying, at what point do Arsenal become favorites? This was his question. And I said, wow. I think you're a long way off being favorites. <laughs> like, Don't get me wrong. And this is the thing. I, I, it's like with anything. I'm not trying to you know, be a hater or anything. You know, it's not, I don't really care who wins the Premier League. You don't try, Eddie. It's just in your nature. Yeah, it's ingrained. (laughs) Yeah, just like deer don't try and run away from a predator. That's just instinct. They just naturally (laughs) run away. (laughs) But no, I mean, here's the thing is, you know, it's 15, 16 matches into the Premier League season. So it's really easy, I think, because we're basically in January now to feel like we're further into the season than we are. But we're not even halfway through this season. So to start thinking, are we favorites? Because you're like... You know, if City win, and my other argument too is if City win their games in hand and then they've yet to play each other, 
as well in the Premier League. So if City win their games in hand and then win, say, win one match against Arsenal and draw the other, then City are top of the table. So if you're City, you're sitting there thinking it's still entirely within our own control. I don't think you can make Arsenal favorites until it's they're fully in control. I mean, they are technically still now, but you know where they need they don't need City to slip up in order to win the league. I you know for me to be start making them favorites with maybe ten matches to go, they need a six point lead. Anytime before that, unless they really stretched it even further than well, that. Well, they'll have before. a five if if City win today against Leeds, they'll have a five point lead with the same number of matches. Right, but they still have to play each other twice. Yeah, that's the thing. They still have to play each other twice. That's the big thing. But I texted I texted former uh co-host Sam and said, no holiday hangover at Emirates, and I got a heart emoji. So read into that what you might, Eddie. <laughs> I thought for a second you said you got a heart on emoji, which you might have, <laughs> you might have also received from him in a separate conversation. <laughs> he, he also said, hey, if Arsenal win the league, I'm back on the podcast. This is the other proclamation he made to me over the course of our Wait, conversation. He just made that up himself? <laughs> yeah. this <wasn't> a... <laughs> Let's go city. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, now he... Um, yeah, I think it's impressive, right? And this is a very good season for them. But I, I also said to him, it's the same way Newcastle look as if they should finish in the top four. I don't totally buy that yet either. I need to see a little bit more for them from them over a longer period of time before I think, yeah, they're definitely going to hold off the challenges coming from Liverpool, United, Chelsea, whoever it is. So, you know, Arsenal are in the same. I need to see it first before I totally believe it. I don't think there's anything wrong in sport with thinking that way. Because the last time Arsenal were top of the table after 15 matches, they finished fourth. So, you know, and I had to scroll back through the tables to figure that stat out for myself. So I was very satisfied when I got back to the last time they were top of the table after 15 matches and they didn't win the league because that would have made that all (laughs) a complete waste of time. I didn't, though, get a text from uh, any of our Chelsea supporters, even though they came off their World Cup break, at least with a win, <laughs> but still sitting back in eighth. <laughs> yeah, I think that might be a while before we start yeah. getting <laughs> confident text messages from any of our Chelsea supporting friends. But they're still important. You know, you want to hit, you want this sort of weird restart uh, to, to have a momentum coming out of it. So I think for all of these teams, Liverpool got underway with a win. Uh, United did as well. City yeah. are kicking off in you know a couple of hours. They'll want to also get things underway with three points because this it will feel like a more significant result if you drop points coming off the back of a break. So you know, so far everyone has done their jobs, and it's over to City now to see if they can keep things going. Well, I mean, that was going to be one of my questions: is do you think? United have kind of righted the ship a little bit because they've now what uh, not lost in I think their last seven or so, right? Much better form the the past six seven matches than than what they had been. Are they going to start making not a, obviously a run to win it? I don't think at this point, but a run to maybe get you know into the top four. Yeah, I think. 
I think you'd say they're putting themselves in that kind of position. And yeah, I think overall, when you look at their form this season, it's not been, you know, terrible. They've, their European form hasn't been, hasn't been great. And obviously they started the season with those two defeats, which if you can, not that you can throw out those first two performances, but if you kind of do to a certain extent, you know, their form since then has been, you know, really good in the league, including obviously wins over Liverpool and Arsenal. So, you know, they have the big defeat to City, but there's no real shame in that, I guess. And, you know, yeah, aside from that, there's a lot of consistency there. It's just the one defeat for them since that City performance in the league. So I think, I also think the important thing for them, if you're a United supporter, it's been a few seasons of not feeling as if they kind of have a plan and as if they're moving in a direction. I think Ten Hag has done a pretty decent job now over the last few months of it seeming like there's some semblance of a plan in place. And so in terms of how he's going to build his squad, the type of players he wants to add, the way he wants his team to play, there seems to be an idea behind all of that. And that you're not going to get there overnight. But, you know, it's I kind of hate when football managers use the word project. I think it's sometimes an easy way for people to remove pressure from themselves by kind of like focusing on the long term. But it is obviously a project, and but you need to feel as if you're building the foundations of, of something. And I think United right now look as if they are. Yeah. And the other th- interesting thing I s- kind of noticed so far, I mean, again, we're only 16, 15, 16 matches in. But the the relegation at the bottom is pretty up in the air as well, which is, I think, at least at this point, a little surprising that there hasn't been a team that has kind of solidified themselves as not making it. But right now, I mean, you have Wolves, Nottingham Forest, and Southampton at 18, 19, 20. But, I mean, there are three, four, five teams that are within two or three points of that. So it's it's anybody's game as to who can stay up and who's going down. Yeah, no, normally you're right. There'd be a team further adrift. The fact that, you know, 12 points is bottom of the table after 16 matches, you'd, you'd expect a team to be in single figures at this stage still. Yeah. So yeah, it's close. Every team, I mean, I think almost 10 down, you'd, you'd, I think this is the, the focus of the talk at this point would still be, you know, getting to that magical 40 point threshold that you normally associate with, safety you know i think brentford obviously have had a good season so far but they'll look and they'll say they're seven points clear of of 18th and the teams below them are consistently picking up some points so it's not as if you know that gap could close in the space of six seven eight matches so if you do go on a bad run you could find yourself in trouble pretty quickly so yeah it's we are set up for potentially a very exciting season towards the bottom in terms of the yeah. three teams, figuring out the three teams that go down. It could be a great title race between City and Arsenal. It could be a really great top four race because you're talking about, you know, Liverpool, United, Spurs, Newcastle, all in, all fighting for those two remaining places. So, yeah, it could be one of the better Premier League seasons in a while from that perspective. I guess I should throw Chelsea into the mix, hunting for the top four as well. If they win their yeah. game in hand, they'll only be, you know, three points off fourth at the moment so i'm gonna put them in the mix just so that i don't get angry messages from chelsea supporters i mean realistically looking at it who would be the biggest club 
that could potentially be relegated. That would be kind of maybe not a shock in terms of the talent wise, but a shock for the club to be relegated. You think? So the biggest club, I always hate the term biggest because there's a lot of clubs in English football who claim to be big, but for yeah. reasons that don't really make sense. It's not based on success. It can be, you know, like, is it because you're from a big city? Is it because you have a big fan base? But that's just because there's not a lot of other good teams around you. I think technically, right, it, it would be Everton, but they, they're not, they're not mm-hmm. that surprising given the fact that they struggled last season. If yeah. you look at who's currently in and around the bottom three, it's it's definitely West Ham. Because, yeah. you know, talking about a team out a good European campaign, I think expectations would have been that they would certainly finish in, in and around those European places. So to have them, and look, it's, it's a long season, and it's only 16 it's matches early. in. So yeah, they can go on a good run and all of a sudden be in the top half in a, in a few matches and everything can look normal again. But if you could kind of freeze the table as it is and tell me with four matches to go, the places are the same, then West Ham would be the most surprising for sure. But speaking of close run races, obviously the NFL regular season is coming towards a close and we do have some playoff places still up for grabs, some divisional races yet to be decided think the most exciting least exciting race of all time right is it's what's going to happen in the uh, nfc south i think oh, undoubted <laughs> it's a race that seemingly no one wants to win really but it's going to come right down to the wire uh, and uh you've obviously been a little bit of a, a buccaneers tom brady hater this season do you think they will get the job done and win that division I mean, we've now been saying for 16 weeks that eventually the Bucs will toughen up. Tom Brady will be the Tom Brady we know, and they'll start clicking. I don't think that's going to happen anymore. I think even if they do make the playoffs, they are a one and done. And the sad part is I think this year we are starting to watch Tom Brady unravel a little bit. He's his throwing isn't as as nearly as good as it's been, but also just his demeanor. I get that he gets angry and his career. He's had those moments where he gets really angry and gets really pissed. But the amount of times we're seeing it and the amount of times we're seeing the frustration, like it's almost every drive now they zoom to him and he's like, he wants to like just murder someone on the field. It was never that bad before. Well, because this is the worst team he's ever played on. I know, yeah, I mean, but I, so, and I think also the other issue he has is, if you're him, you know, he having come from that Patriots Bill Belichick team, where the one thing you knew they weren't going to do was like make stupid mistakes, dumb penalties, like all of those, just the things that you can literally avoid through good preparation and yeah. executing well. This Tampa Bay team is plagued by those issues, and so I think for him. That must be extra frustrating just because you're like, this doesn't need to happen. Like I've played on teams where we never did this. Why Why are you guys not able to do the things that less talented players, arguably before you, were able to do week in, week out? Yeah, but I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, when you look at the teams that are in that division and the rosters, I, I don't, I can't get away from the Bucks being the best team in that, in that division. And that's not, and, and 
let me put it this way. That's not saying the Bucks are anywhere of a good team or a good roster. But when you look, I mean, are you going to really take the Carolina Panthers with Sam Darnold over the Bucks at this point? Like, I can't. I'm sorry. Like, I, I don't have anything against Sam Darnold, but I can't do that. So, so you think the Bucks win this weekend? Yes, I think they kind of will. Because they obviously for... let's let's say let's not say they win, Eddie. Let's say they don't lose. <laughs> okay. Well, they could tie. But you can't rule this possible. They have had a number of overtime games already this season, so like let's not rule true. out the possibility of a tie. And they also tend to be involved in fairly low-scoring games, so the possibility of a tie becomes increasingly likely. Um, yeah, I think they win this weekend. For those of our listeners who aren't maybe as familiar with exactly what the situation is in the NFC South. If Tampa Bay wins this weekend, they clinch the division. If they lose this weekend, things become a little bit more complicated for them. It would put them level with the Panthers. The Panthers would go ahead of them on the tiebreaker. There's also the possibility that the Saints would join them. So it would be kind of a three-way lead in a sense. And then it would come down to the final game of the season where the Bucks play the Falcons, which is the sort of easiest assignment within that division. And the Saints and the Panthers would then play each other, which would mean the Buccaneers could still clinch the division if they won and the Saints beat the Panthers because they have the tiebreaker against the Saints. And what if so, the Falcons won and then the Saints won, then the Saints would make it? Yes. Oh, you know what? I'm going to change it. I'm going to say the Panthers are going to win this week because I want to see that happen. But then that also relies on the the Saints beating the Eagles this weekend. Oh, so okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the more likely outcome, even if the Panthers win, is that you go into the final week of the season with it being between the Bucks and the Panthers, but with the okay the each team the Panther the Bucks needing Panthers to lose, and the Panthers being yep. in total control of their own destiny. I, I mean, you know, I. I say that the, I think the Bucks will win, but then when you kind of just think about the last few weeks, I mean, the Bucks barely just beat a Cardinals team, which at this point, I don't think the Cardinals even want to play football anymore. I mean, they look like a team, you know, like they have to be pushed out onto the field for every drive, and they limped away with a win in that, in that game. Whereas you look at the Panthers, I mean, the Panthers have won three out of their last four, right? And they beat the Lions, who... Everyone was saying the Lions are a super hot team, and you know, the Lions could not everyone. Be, they, they, they could be a, a backdoor entry into the playoffs. But we had one Lions doubter sitting right here, okay. but it, it still was an impressive victory and a, and a good performance from them. Yeah, but, beat them pretty good. Like they were up what two or three scores at one point. Yeah, well, they won by fourteen in the end. So yeah, though there was a yeah. it was a convincing victory. They lost to the Steelers the week before. That's not a great look. No. Uh, they beat the they beat Seattle the week before that, which it's kind of hard to read into the Seattle performance. I mean, Seattle are kind of starting to the wheels have come off Seattle over the past few weeks, so I don't think that's as good of a win as it maybe looks like on paper. And then they they beat the Broncos. I think I think we could beat the Broncos at this point. Tough. You know, so I mean, it, you you could do one of two, Eddie. We could either beat the Broncos or we could start a QB for the Broncos. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and then yeah, then you get back into where they were losing more frequently. Um, but yeah, it's uh, and obviously they beat the Bucks twenty one three back in October. Yeah. So 
yeah, it's you have that expectation. It's Tom Brady. You just think, okay, this is a not a must-win game, but kind of a must-win game, and you just think these are the types of games Tom Brady wins. But I'm also not ruling out the possibility that it's like start of the fourth quarter on Sunday and the Buccaneers are down 14 points, and you're just like wondering what's happening. Now, in recent weeks, Buccaneers have shown themselves to be quite good at mounting fourth-quarter comebacks, so maybe that's the position the Buccaneers are going to want to be in because <laughs> that's when they seem to hold, hand over the play calling to Tom Brady and they actually look kind of efficient. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll see. But I, again, I, regardless of who wins this division, I cannot see any of these teams making a run. And I get it, teams get hot and teams get lucky in the playoffs, but these are not teams that can sustain a full game of playing top level. They just don't have the talent. No, I, I agree with you. I think you'd, you'd very happily be playing whoever comes out of the NFC South in round one of the playoffs yeah. like that's not because i mean uh, i'll give you a different one if let's say the seahawks make the playoffs i could see the seahawks beating a, a good team that first round you know that they, they have geno smith who's playing really well this year you have like tyler lockett you know you could hit a few deep throws boom they're up 14 nothing and they hold on and win 20 to 17 or something like i could see that i i don't think it would happen but it's plausible I cannot see the Panthers making the playoffs and somehow outscoring the Niners, you know, putting 20 points up on the Niners even. Yeah, I couldn't see that, even though no. it wouldn't actually be the Niners, I guess. Uh, no, I mean, so as things stand... Because it would Buc- be a division winner, so they would have to play... Uh, so, 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 so if the wow. playoffs finished today, the Buccaneers would be playing the Cowboys. Cowboys, right, yeah. At, they'd be at home for that game, but they, yeah, they'd be at home for the Cowboys. It's difficult to imagine them no. beating the Cowboys. Because you're uh, going to have to put up points against the Cowboys, and I cannot see the Bucks putting up enough points. Yeah, but then, I mean, I will say, I look at this playoff picture at the, as things stand, and there's a few teams I just, I can't see winning games. I mean, the Giants, at, at the moment, it would be the Niners at home for the Giants. I'd give the Giants no chance in that game. Uh, you have the, <laughs> it's, it's true though. You have the dolphins. At I home. don't know. You know what? Wait, I'm going to go back. You say that. And I agree with you. I think the Niners are a very good team, but the more I watch the giants, the more I will say they can hang in with good teams like that game against the Vikings. Yeah. They hung in there and the Vikings are the number two seed right now. They are in the, but in the NFC. The Niners are better than the Vikings, right? Yeah. To be determined. Where's Debo been lately? <laughs> Don't need him. But the, I, 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 anyway, I, I, w- I would be stunned by a Giants victory against the Niners. I guess the only storyline you could maybe spring, like put in there to, to explain it, would be like Brock Purdy just having an absolute meltdown in a playoff game. Like the light suddenly becoming too bright for him. But I just think the Niners would just run the ball. And then the other game looking on the AFC side of things where I just difficult for me to come up with a convincing storyline is the dolphins would be at the chiefs. And I just, Ooh. I couldn't give the dolphins a chance in that one. Oh, come on a chance. I mean, I was compl- As I said, I, I was very complimentary of Tua a few weeks ago, 
that fourth yeah, you quarter. Ruined, you might have ruined to his career and life in the process, which we'll get to because I really want to talk about that. There that, are a few things that have angered me more, but that fourth quarter performance from him. I mean, well, let's just say that entire second half performance from him was abysmal. I mean, those interceptions, awful. those interceptions he threw. It's on a couple of them. It's difficult to even work out what he was trying to do. You know, sometimes you throw like not all interceptions are created equal. And, you know, you can have a quarterback sometimes who has a three interception game and you can go back and watch it and be like, oh, well, that one was tipped or like that one. The receiver should have caught it, but he you know, doesn't or like there the receiver stopped. So it's actually kind of more on the receiver than it is on the quarterback. Those two ones are just like, were you watching the same game? Like you could tell me that two of for Christmas got, you know, like a virtual reality headset and decided to stick it on for the second half of that game and just was like in a different universe based on where he was throwing the ball. Yeah, it was, it was, it was terrible. I, I was very disappointed. I, I don't fully get some of their play calling. I mean, you have two of the fastest receivers in the NFL and I get that they're playing, they're playing two deeps on them. So it's tough to, to get them over the top, but at the same time, not every throw has to be a seven yard slant in the middle. My issue really is, you know, Mike McDaniel obviously came from the Niners as this play calling guru in a sense. And I have no doubt that he's going to be a good head coach over the course of time. And, you know, Tua speaks so positively about the impact he's already had on him. I do think people go a little bit overboard in the praise for McDaniel so far this season because it's like, look how much more productive their offense is this year compared to last. It's like, well, they, they added Tyree Kill. Like if there are yeah. their offense and, and a healthy waddle. Yeah. If their offense hadn't been more productive, then you've got real issues. But yeah. also like they have no run game. And here's the guy, like he came out of the Niners, you know, part of what he was supposed to be bringing was this like r- real creativity in their run calling. You know, the nine as a Niner, the Niners nation was worried that they were going to now be losing the person who was helping them to come up with all of those, you know, intricate, innovative play calling schemes and you thought well he's going to go to Miami and they're going to be able to run the ball like the Niners did or at least approach the way in which the Niners run the ball and they have no run game and that really concerns me because obviously it means you can't just move the ball with any consistency they rely on big plays so much which when they work great but you just have so many drives that falter but also it means when they've got a lead they can't hold on to it easily because they still have to keep going like, well, we're going to have a 70 yard play to Tyree Hill at some point. <laughs> cool. But you're up by 10 points. Why don't you just like, you know, run down the clock a little bit, eat, eat up some time, kind of get a 40 yard drive. Even if you end up having to punt, that's better than just a three and out because you try to hit a big play every time you get the ball. Yeah, exactly. And I guess we can bring it up now. Um, there is some speculation that maybe he played so poorly in the second half because on Monday he was put into concussion protocol for showing concussion-like symptoms, which you'd have to assume he got during the game, not after the game. So there is some point in the game that people haven't been able to figure out when that he was probably concussed, which might have affected it, might have not. That's not the argument I want to make. I'm not going to give someone excuses, even though it might be a legitimate excuse. The discussion is... What do you do with Tua at this point? So according to the Dolphins, this is his second time he's been in concussion protocol. 
everyone who's in America and watched the NFL this year knows that this is his third concussion. It is not his second concussion. He had one that week before that everyone refuses to admit was a concussion and then had the one the following week that almost literally knocked him out cold. (laughs) And now this one. What bothers me is when you go back in October, this is the statement that Tua made about his concussions in October. He said, I would say those kinds of things weigh more on my parents than they do for me, just with me being their son. But I mean, I just want to go out there and do good, do good for our team, do right for our organization, do right for the guys inside the building that I see every day that work really hard. That's all. I mean, I enjoy being here. I enjoy all the guys in the building. So when you're not able to do something about it and help our team and our organization, that just really sucks. I really hope someone is into his ear and saying, I understand you need to say these things and you want to play football, but this is your freaking life, dude. Like if you get another concussion at this point, he might not make 35. Well, I don't, that might be a little extreme, but not, not really. I mean, there are so many other things like, okay, yes, maybe he's still alive, but like his <laughs> life could start deteriorating at such a young age. Like yeah. someone needs to get in his ear and say like, I get it. You love football, but you love living too, don't you? Like you love having a good life. Like there's more to life than than football. And and his his want to just get back on the field. I, I mean, someone's got to be in his ear and giving him a, another perspective besides him just being, oh, my parents are worried about me. Yeah, I think I do agree for, with you from the, you know, he should be aware of what the long-term risks are. I, I also just think someone needs to be talking to him about the messaging just from an NFL perspective of you need to have players start to acknowledge the risks that they're putting. Because as with anything, and we see this in a number of sports, you know, like you get the players who are then very good and I'm not being critical of them, but when they are then affected by these issues, they are then very good at like pointing the finger in the direction of the teams or the leagues or the doctors or whatever. But there has to be some responsibility taken by the individual players throughout their own careers as well. It's not like any of this is now like some mystery science. We know what the risks are for the most part, or at least the potential severity of those risks. So you would just hope, you would just hope from the Dolphins perspective, from the NFL perspective, that you'd sit him down and say, let's stop talking about that you're sad about missing out and and do mention the fact that this is obviously a concerning from a health perspective. Like you're not a little bit different if you were the, you know, sixth string wide receiver and you need to say positive things at all times because you don't want a team to look at you as a health risk or someone who doesn't want to be there who's not committed to the game or whatever it's like you are a you know a a star quarterback the dolphins are not going to cut you because you miss a couple of weeks because they're worried about your concussion issues like they are committed to you in the long term but in order for them to be committed to you in the long term you got to be there so I do agree with you, and and it's a serious cause for concern when you're someone like him who just seems to be to have obviously some susceptibility for concussions, obviously. And also, I mean, when you watch him play, you know he dives headfirst for extra yards and stuff. He does. It's not like he's trying to re- limit the the risk. And that's also the other issue. I was watching a game. I think it was this game it, or it was, oh, maybe it was a Sunday night game against the Chargers a couple of weeks ago. And he, he went, you know, he went head first to try and get a first down and you had the, the announcers being like, oh, look at Tua fighting for those extra yards. Like, yeah, he's had these concussion issues, but he's still just as committed as ever. And he's, 
going to make sure he gets that first down. Maybe that's not the messaging you need or the commentary you need surrounding a player who has had those kind of health risks. Maybe the announcers need to say, Ooh, that's not great to see. Like that's a pretty risky way to treat yourself and treat your star quarterback to get a yard and a half more. And we're not talking about the game winning play in a Super Bowl. that I could, I can overlook that (laughs) talking about like a third quarter. Is it first and 10 or is it third and one? Like (laughs) it's not going to determine the outcome of the game. Yeah. No, and, and I mean, there has been serious discussion as to whether he should be shut down for the rest of the year. And, you know, people think that's an outrageous thing. But you look at if you only go to another sport and go to hockey, another place where there's a lot of concussions and people are very prone to getting them due to the violent nature. You look at a player like Sidney Crosby, who arguably top three best players in the NHL over the last 30 years. He sat out for almost two years because he had developed so many concussions that I think it was like his fourth one he had gotten that he sat out for like six months and then kind of came back a little bit and then had like another like mini concussion that had to sit back out. It was almost like a two year gap when you put it all together of how long he missed and that that's how long it took him. And now he's back and he's still playing and he's still in the NHL. But I mean, these things take time to heal and they take, and you have to take rest and you have to take them seriously. And he, he says to this day, you know, like had he not done that, there's no way he's still in the NHL right now. He, you know, he'd have much more serious issues and it sucks that he had to miss that time, but that's what he had to do to fully recover and come back and be confident that he wasn't going to get long-term serious medical injuries. And it's crazy to me that they're not thinking about that or that there's not a serious discussion about it with someone who's had three pretty bad concussions in, in the span of what, four months. That's certainly one, one horrific one. And then, yeah, obviously other issues. And, and you know, kind of latching onto that Sidney Crosby point, though, I mean, you say there to feel certain he doesn't have long-term issues. He obviously doesn't know. Like, we could still be yeah. looking at Sidney Crosby at 50 being, you know, having CTE, having early on stage, you know, dementia or Alzheimer's. Like, we don't. But, yeah, he's trying to control it as much as he can. You, you, it's the difficult thing in these context sports because the the kind of – safe medical approach would be like just never play again you have had too many and i get it it's easy for us to say that right like not being professional athletes and not probably doing like one of the funnest jobs on the planet and saying like just sit out just sit out relax you know like i I get that and i get we're kind of on our tower sitting that but at the same time i still honestly think if i were in that position i have to think about my my safety and and well-being as a human being i mean i think if i were in tua's position I would definitely uh, be sitting out weeks. I I don't think I'd want to be shut down for the rest of the season. I think that I would be drawing the line at for sure. But I think I would want to sit out a week or two. It might be more complicated now because their you know, divisional playoff situation is more complicated than it was a couple of weeks ago, which is the other yeah. argument for why he maybe should have sat out more earlier in the season when things were actually kind of going better for them because now it's harder to have him sit out. Uh, but... If I were Sidney Crosby, I think I probably would have retired because then you're talking about a player who had achieved everything you needed to achieve within the game to go down as an all-time great, to definitely make the Hall of Fame, to you know be a, a Pittsburgh legend. And I think I probably would have said, you know what? I had a good run. Like I achieved more than I could have ever dreamt of. And now the sensible decision is to step away. So, and yeah, maybe if it's actually me in the moment and you have that kind of 
you think to yourself, you feel a little bit like Superman because you've achieved so much in your life and, you know, I'm sure I'll be okay. But I think, I think those are the decisions. I mean, plus it's, it's what they've done their whole life, right? So it's like, if I went to you and said, you can't watch YouTube clips anymore, it's ruining your brain. <laughs> you know, you've done that your whole well, life. You're just, you, you, you can't let go. That's I all would, you know. I would That's keep all watching. you know. I would be a drooling <laughs> mess in front of those YouTube clips. <laughs> You would not be able to drag me away. It would have to be. It would have to be like the reverse of a Clockwork Orange. You'd have to be pinning my eyes shut to, to be able to stop me from consuming. <laughs> and I guess the other thing I have to bring up that I might have jinxed myself is a few weeks ago I asked you if this is the like turning of the era of the NFL where. We don't have Rodgers. We don't have Belichick. We don't have Brady. I'll even throw in we don't have the Steelers in here. And within two weeks, this has all changed where you now have the Steelers are are still technically in the hunt uh, at seven and eight for, for playoffs. You have obviously the Bucks, who are in the driver's seat to win their division. You have the Patriots who are still somehow on the bubble at seven and eight. And then you even have now the most annoying player in the NFL, Aaron Rodgers, making his late late season heroics to try and will the Packers into the playoffs. So as much as I would have been so happy to see none of them in it, because I'm really tired of all of those teams and players, maybe with the exception of Tom Brady, because I love just seeing him win, it, it might come true. <laughs> I'll agree with you. The only one out of them who annoys me is, is Aaron Rodgers. Just because he just seems like he lacks interest for the most part. I don't think anyone likes Aaron Rodgers. I like I don't think himself. commentators like him. I don't think his players like him. I don't think the players he plays against like him. No. The more you watch those games, I just think everyone hates Aaron Rodgers. But, except uh, what's the what's the show he goes on? Oh, Pat McAfee. I don't think he goes on there anymore though. Oh, because Pat think, McAfee hates him now too. I, don't know, I think he stopped his appearances on there, but. Uh, yeah, the Steelers, the Steelers kind of fall into the, not the same, but kind of the Brady Belichick. I respect just the consistency, like Mike Tomlin never having I'm had it. I'm tired of them, though. I'm tired of I'm, Steelers fans. Maybe I'm around them more than you are because, you know, going to school at Penn State, you have a ton of Pittsburgh fans that flood your Facebook and Instagram. That's probably true. But I, I kind of respect that, just the consistency there and the fact that they don't accept, you know, it would have been easy earlier in the season to say, hey, this just this is a bad year, but they kind of keep plugging away. And yeah, I mean, they play the Ravens this week. Where Lamar Jackson could be back, right? And that might change things for the Ravens, but the Ravens just look. I haven't, I've had enough of the Ravens. The fact that we're going to watch the Ravens in the playoff where like literally if the other team scores more than 15 points, it's game over. Like that to me is more painful than watching any of the other teams that you mentioned just now. And so, yeah, they have the Ravens this week. Then they play the Browns last week of the season. They could, I don't think they'll make the playoffs, but they could, they could win both of those games. So yeah, you have the Steelers right in there and yeah, the the Packers, everything went right for them this week. Every team they needed to lose lost. And then they also got a win against the, the Dolphins that most people would not have expected. So, do the Steelers make the playoffs? I'll say no. I guess the question was for no. me would be, I think if Lamar Jackson plays this week, I think the Ravens beat them. But I think even with even without Lamar, I, I I don't 
I don't understand how the Steelers are even winning games at this point. <laughs> I mean, Kenny Pickett's okay, and I liked him in college too, but you know, he's still very young and not a mature NFL QB. He makes a lot of dumb throws and a lot of dumb mistakes. So I don't think in a big time game, like a week 17, both teams need to win game. That's who I want to rely on because the mistakes are going to, are going to be trouble. (laughs) Maybe Patriots. I mean, it it all comes, it comes down to this week, right? They beat the dolphins. Like that's everything. I can't see them beating the dolphins. I can see them beating the dolphins. We watched the other week. I mean, I can't see them beating the Dolphins we saw in the first half. I can't see them losing to the Dolphins we saw in the second half. So that's... I mean, talk talk about uh, great forms. The Dolphins have lost their last four, and the Patriots have lost four out of their last five. (laughs) Yeah, no, there's a lot of teams limping into the playoffs. I mean, the same can be said for the Ravens, right? The Ravens are really limping in there. Uh, you know, the likes, I know you just, you were positive about the giants, but the giants are kind of limping into the playoffs. If they end up, you know, in there, there's a number of teams who will get there, but the second half of the season or so, we're not exactly flying. And then I guess last, what about Rogers? Uh, I'm less certain of, of exactly what the permutations they need. So who are they catching? They need to catch. They need to overtake. I mean, they basically need to win out. Yeah, and point. but they need also teams to lose ahead of them, right? So they need to beat the Vikings. Start things. I'm going to say no because I think the Vikings beat them this weekend. Vikings and Lions, so not easy teams. No, I, I think the Vikings beat them this weekend, and that should be the nail in their coffin, unless everyone else they need to lose loses, which is possible, right? So they need, uh, they've got Washington who are playing the Browns. Washington could lose that. Seattle's playing the Giant, uh, the Jets. Seattle could lose that. Detroit's playing the Bears. You'd expect the, Bear, the Lions to win that, but it, it wouldn't, you know, like stun me if, well, I don't know, the more you look at it, it, it kind of comes, I, th- I think they're going to lose to the Vikings, so I'll say no. But if they win this weekend, I, they're in. I'll say that. So, yeah. And then the last spot that's kind of up for grabs is the AFC, what is that, South, with Tennessee and Jacksonville. Yeah, which also will pretty much be determined this weekend because they play each other. So No, they played each other last week. Oh, they played each other last week of the season. But, yes, but they're now tied, and the Tennessee plays the Cowboys – and the Jags play the Texans. The Texans, yeah. So, I mean, I think you're looking at the Jags are going to make the playoffs. And won't that be fitting for Trevor Lawrence to fly into the playoffs and start upsetting teams and ruining Eddie's bets every week? <laughs> I mean, I'm not, you, you you paint this as if I'm some, like, I'm not going to give Trevor him, Lawrence hater. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to give him too much credit for winning that division in the same way I wouldn't give Tom Brady a lot of credit for winning that division either. Or Sam Darnold if he wins the NFC South. Like when you're in a bad division, it doesn't it doesn't mean that you had some spectacular season in order to to win it. I would ex uh, yeah okay I I expect the Jags to be one and done in the playoffs 
if they make it. Actually, I take that back. The Jags would play the Ravens if it were to at, go to that. At the moment, and I would make the Jags favorite against the Ravens. So <laughs> I take that back. I expect them to be one win and then done. Yes, I can't wait to see the AFC championship of Justin Herbert versus Trevor Lawrence and Eddie just eating his words all the way. <laughs> if that's the AFC championship, then this will have been an incredibly disappointing set of uh, playoffs. <laughs> This will be, you know, like I can buy the odd upset and it's nice to see at some point a quarterback kind of make that statement about, but here's the other issue too, is like in the AFC, it's not like these are young quarterbacks taking over from older quarterbacks. You're talking about there are a few years younger than Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, right? Like this is not a, some huge generational gap. It's so this would really disappoint me because this would also that would mean, for example, Josh Allen, there'd have to be some question marks about Josh Allen. I think there are question marks about Josh Allen. I think there are, but if they don't make the AFC championship game, like the only team they can lose to in the AFC where you can give him a pass, it's the Chiefs. That would still have the, like, can he overcome the Chiefs storyline? Like, is he just short of being good enough? But... If he lost to anyone other than the Chiefs, that's like a disaster. There you would have, you know, the 24, you'd have like first take and all those shows being like, is Josh Allen even good? Like that would be (laughs) a storyline for 48 hours. I mean, is he clutch is a question. Yeah, it is. Right now. Yeah. 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 But no, I, I don't think he's. I think we're going to look at I think we're going to look at Chiefs Bills Eagles Niners. We'll see. Well, we will. You're right. That's the, that's not a bold prediction on your part. We will actually see what happens. But I I think it will kind of go to form to a certain degree. What do you set the line of Bengals Chargers Bengals at home? which would be right now one of the playoff games. I would set it at Bengals minus 3.5. Okay. I think. I like the, I like those odds. So like, because <laughs> using that gives like Bengals, they're getting the home team advantage. And then also me saying that the Bengals are slightly better than the Chargers. Like a point, a point or two. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot riding on Justin Herbert winning a playoff game for me. I got so much invested in that. It's unbelievable at this point. <laughs> uh, yeah. like, like Justin Herbert's probably at home being like, I really want to win a playoff game. And I'm at home thinking 10 times worse. Like he's got to win this. How can I help him win this? <laughs> what can I do? I'm going to start like analyzing tape for him and sending it to him. <laughs> well, I mean, it's the, the, the thing for Herbert, what you'd really want, right, is they could overtake the Ravens. And that could be a significantly easier game for them at Jacksonville than at Cincinnati. So if you're the Chargers, you're thinking like, let's get into, let's get to the fifth seed. And that actually makes things a lot easier for us. I'm going to start texting him and telling him whatever he needs me to do. I'm here for him. I'm sure you've sent him that message a million times before, (laughs) usually unrelated to playoff games. (laughs) So, yeah. What else? Uh, 
mean, not not the most uh, exciting. Just nothing too thrillings happened elsewhere. In sport, obviously, had some good horse racing. Darts World Championship is underway. Oh boy, uh, World Junior Ice Hockey is underway. Canada lost huge upset. Yeah, but no. Uh, Did you see? I actually have a pretty good story. Did you see um, Qatar making great use of all these world class stadiums they've built? What happened? Have you seen this? So um, they they have already started dismantling stadiums and repurposing these stadiums. So they spent all this time and money to build brand new stadiums to you know get the infrastructure to host the World Cup and potentially other things down the road. And then they're already <laughs> turning them into other things, which I mean, maybe is a good thing because you look at other places, I guess the most famous one would be Athens, Greece, right? Where some of those stadiums are now just like uh, look like they're out of I Am Legend when in New York City, when there's like overgrown New York City and I Am Legend. But, well, there's a host of them, right? Same South Africa, same. I mean, Brazil built. Yeah, a, a Rio, stadium in the, in Rio the, looks terrible. Well, well the, the 2014 World Cup, they built a stadium in the middle of the rainforest that's basically inaccessible. So it's, yeah. it was like <laughs> cool setting during the World Cup. And then since then, it's just pointless. Yeah, so one of the stadiums uh, is being converted. So the the biggest one, I guess, Lusail Stadium, which hosted the semifinal and the final, is now going to be a residential and commercial center. So it's going to have uh, like housing. And then there's another one that's being converted into a five-star hotel and a shopping center and a sports medicine hospital. Uh, another one's going to have a hotel and a sports clinic, but will still have a field. And then the famous Stadium 974 was named 974 because it had 974 recycled shipping containers. And that one has been dismantled and the shipping containers have been removed. So it is no longer a stadium. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's better than most, right? If you were putting a positive spin on this World Cup, that is better. At least they had a plan in place. They kind of had to, given the backlash overall to the World Cup, they had to have something. And they also benefit from having the money to do whatever they want, right? So they could turn them into anything like there's no financial limitations in terms of how they can repurpose everything. So would you want to rent an apartment in a former stadium that hosted the final of the world cup? I mean, I wouldn't want to rent an apartment in Qatar, but if you told me (laughs) like, I don't know if Wembley had been turned in the old Wembley stadium had been turned into apartment buildings and instead and like you kind of kept some of the shape maybe in architecture of the stadium yeah that's kind of cool i would be i'm not sure it wouldn't i wouldn't be like i have to live there but all other things being equal and that's an option then it probably is pushing things over the edge yeah what if there was a bone shaker donut shop also in that area well then i'd be (laughs) i'd be tearing it (laughs) apart so that stadium wouldn't stand for long (laughs) So I haven't had a donut in a while, actually. I might need to make a trip soon. It's been... What's well, a while? One hour? Two hours? <laughs> <laughs> two months, I think. Two months without donuts. It's been... Holy crap. <laughs> I love this. You're like... Uh, oh, fuck. What the hell's his name? I can't think of the actor who's so famous back in the day who did the 40 Days and 40 Nights movie. Uh, oh, God. He played in Pearl Harbor. Not Ben Affleck, the other one. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. Um, n- began with H, his last name. I did not Google it, Josh Hartnett. 
Got it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Except I, I mean, I eat eight donuts a year. So this is me going, me going two months. And I mean, I never eat one donut at a time because of that. Like if I'm getting, if I'm eating donuts, I'm eating donuts. Like that's two donuts. You don't eat one. You eat one to two dozen at a time. <laughs> so you're telling us. Yeah, I've never done that. I, I mean, I'd be interested to see what the, what my maximum number of donuts I could eat in a sitting. I would say. Are you talking, are you talking the, the ones that you like? the from bone shaker wow no free ads even though we said it twice now yeah but uh, like the 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 yeast risen fluffier yeah. ones yeah pretty big donuts like yeah but they're uh, airy they're, they're airy, not cake donuts they're pretty they're light yeast, not but they're big i think i could get maybe eight yeah i think i i think i could get eight in 30 seconds <laughs> i don't think that's true <laughs> i'll tell you what next time we're here we will do a we'll do a donut off but I think, I oh, think, <laughs> I think eight, I'm feeling pretty sick, to be honest. Yeah, that's the issue. It's so much sugar and fat. You're going to like, no, it's vomit. not that it's, it was just my stomach would be so full. I honestly think oh. eight of those you're, you're, you're feeling super full. I mean, I think I could eat that big donut that they make by myself. Oh yeah, I could eat that. But that's only, that's the only equivalent of maybe like five donuts. I think it's more than that. I don't think it is. But yeah, I could, I could, bone shaker. If you're listening, we would like to do a contest (laughs) on your dime. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Cause your donuts are expensive. We're not paying for this ourselves. We're not doing a, we're not not doing a 400 400 bucks. (laughs) We're not doing a 400 euro donut competition, but yeah. Now I did as a little gimmick for this episode. uh, I, I mean, I guess we probably will record one more before the end of the year, but this might be the last one that, comes out before the end of the year uh i did want to look up like the you know the top sports stories of the year just to see if kind of year in review if there was anything that really caught my eye uh i came across an article from from yahoo i know you're such a fan which is the i've probably read it this is admittedly this is yahoo finance so i guess this is a business focus part of it it's the top sports stories you read in 2022 and uh I gotta say, I don't think I read any of these stories. <laughs> so, because you don't read Yahoo, <laughs> I definitely well, that's true, and I definitely don't read Yahoo Finance. So, there, I'll give you. Can you guess any of the five stories? <laughs> uh, I like the Super Bowl isn't one of them. I also want to say this might be slightly regional because two of the stories, which this might give you a chance, two of the stories are South Jersey related. So <laughs> I don't know why these are like everyone who reads Yahoo Finance is obsessed with the with the the fact that a a, a player from South Jersey has played in a big game. Are you looking at Yahoo Finance like uh, Kate May news? <laughs> so this was just I just googled like top sports stories of the year. This was like the fifth result. This is just from yahoofinance.com like finance.yahoo.com. It doesn't appear to be regional. But at the same time, there is two of the stories are South. Actually, I mean, I don't even know where this, I'm assuming this third one is South Jersey related as well. So I'll break them to you just to put you out of your misery. So one of them is that South Jersey native Jeff Singer was called up by the Phillies. (laughs) 
Then uh, Ben. <laughs> he said that's the top story of the year. <laughs> then there was a bench. This is how, how crappy Yahoo is. This is why I don't know how you read it. Bench clearing brawl and South Jersey meet in wrestling. After in this is in January, uh, a brawl broke out between Gateway and Woodbury, and Tim uh, Gateway Gateway slash Woodbury and Timber Creek, causing the action to be uh, forced to be postponed. <laughs> Collings Collingswood mastery football game halted due to shooting threat. That was in September. I'm guessing that's also in South Jersey, but I wouldn't know. And uh, Carly Lloyd speaks out about the culture of the U.S. women's national team. That's the first seemingly. I think she's sick- from New Jersey. Okay, well, there we go. And what are your sports cards worth? Father son team help you find out with Cole X app created by Haddonfield father son duo Ted and Charlie Mann. It has Hatfield, nearly, New Jersey. Uh, yeah, it has nearly two hundred thousand users. All right. Well, I'm going to save the reputation of Yahoo because when I typed in top news, top sports stories, Yahoo Sports came up with one that actually makes sense. So their top stories were Amazon takes over Thursday night football, which I mean, I. I get people gripe a lot about that because they don't get Amazon Prime, and they, yeah, that kind of sucks for you, I guess. But I, I don't mind it. Who, I think it's who, who doesn't get decent. who doesn't get Amazon Prime at this point. I don't, people. I mean, like, I like know. honestly, I, I had this discussion because because there's someone in your family should like not every person, but I feel like every family has someone who has Amazon Prime that you use. Yeah, because like uh, in rugby, the Autumn Internationals in England are shown through uh, Amazon Prime. And I had this discussion with my dad. He was annoyed about this because my parents illegally get uh, Sky in France. So when they're here, even though he has Amazon Prime, he doesn't have the French channel that shows the games and he can't access Amazon Prime UK when he's abroad. And so it puts him in a situation where he can't watch the games. I said he's probably a demographic that they hadn't really thought about. But... uh, Still, I was like, that's basically to me free to air TV because, like, most people at this point, and I know there's a plenty of people who do not have. I get it that like there's, but relatively speaking, more people should have Amazon Prime than have like Direct TV. You know, like that's oh yeah, that's my well, because point, is, I, I mean I think most people just have Amazon Prime because of the shipping. For no, packages. I know, but <laughs> I'm, I'm sure we're kind of living in our own world, right? Of people who. And there's obviously a sizable percentage of the population where they're not buying stuff online or, you know, don't have the money to pay a monthly subscription to, for that. So I get it, but still, if you're looking at, well, what is more accessible an Amazon prime subscription or like some satellite TV or other, you know, even Netflix, like more people should have Amazon prime than have Netflix. Yeah. So then the next one was college football's revolution. And that was a combo of all of the teams kind of jumping ship from conference to conference and then the NIL deals that have started to be in full swing. The next one was uh, Novak Djokovic's anti-COVID vaccine stance. I think that was one we've covered quite enough and I'd never want to cover again. (laughs) Hey, look, Uh, I bet you Live Golf is going to make this list, so prepare yourself. (laughs) Brittany Griner's detention and release is another one that we've oh, yeah. covered way yeah, more than I wanted to. Is this a list of 10 sports stories Frank hated in 2022? 
No. Uh, <laughs> Aaron judges. I'm just. I'm seeing some of the ones below. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron judges home run chase. Uh, okay. That was when we covered actually a little bit for not covering baseball. We did cover that uh, with his 62 home runs. The next one, never heard of this one. L I V golf. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, it's close to coming back. So we can our listeners should know we're going to have more live golf coverage in the future. Big now news, here's right? their tagline. Big, wait, big wait, news, be, before you say that, though, big news, right? The, the Masters said they would let live golf players play in the Masters a week or so ago. So. Yep. And also, I think Live Golf added, what, like four more U.S. tournaments or something like that? Like a, yeah. ch- a sizable chunk more. Yeah. Um, but their their tagline for this is, imagine if Aaron Rodgers, Christian McCaffrey, Russell Wilson, and Tyreek Hill decided to leave the NFL in mass and join a rival football league playing only on YouTube. I don't know who they're comparing those players to. Maybe Russell Wilson is uh, Kepka's brother, who is ranked like 300th <laughs> in the Live Tour. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that'd be interesting to be like, how did you pick those that set of names? I mean, that's the what top three quarterback in Aaron Rodgers, top three running back in McCaffrey, and top three receiver in Tyree Kill. I don't, I don't think that's the level that Live Golf yeah. has gotten. None of them are. I mean, maybe Russell Wilson, Justin Phil Johnson, Nichol- maybe Russell Wilson's Phil Mickelson. Is that what they're saying? Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> Russell Wilson is a caddy. <laughs> um, retirements. Uh, which is they have Federer, Nadal, Mike Shashevsky, Sue Bird. What not? What Nadal retire from? Oh no, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. It said Roger Federer, re- tearful retirement alongside his longtime okay. rival Nadal. Sorry. Well, do we have? Um, I thought we had breaking news for a second there. Yeah, Sue Bird, Tom Brady retiring, unretiring. Uh. Leah Thompson's battle for transgender athletes' rights. This is one we did not cover, and I'm very glad we also didn't. And I'm sure yeah, you did. have been itching to get to it. Now, I think the the, the trans sports discussions are is a is a topic for a different type of podcast. Um. Okay, this one's a weird one. Camilla Voliva's devastating Olympic skating. So that was the 15 year old Russian who, uh, what, tested positive, I think, right? Oh, yeah. the banned substance or something. Yeah, the Russian. And then she ended up being able to compete, but then she didn't win. I don't know why that's in there. Yeah, it was a weird That just seems like they needed to pick something about the Winter Olympics, and no one remembers anything about the Winter Olympics. To be honest, I forgot that there were Winter Olympics in 2022. So did I. Are we sure there were? (laughs) (laughs) So that's, man, that's such a sad state of affairs for the Winter Olympics. Deshaun Watson's big return. Ooh, not a good, not a good first two words there. I feel like the focus, of, but I feel like the focus <laughs> as one of the NFL's elite quarterbacks. Sorry, I didn't finish that sentence. <laughs> Once pegged and one of the NFL's leading quarterbacks. I feel like the lead of that story shouldn't be Deshaun Watson's return and should have been Deshaun Watson's suspension. Like I think that's a very yeah. positive spin on that particular storyline. Deshaun Watson creep. World Cup. And then uh, other stories of note, just these are like small ones. Los Angeles Rams, Kyrie Irving, Aaron Rodgers continuing to be a dick. Deion Sanders going to Colorado. Daniel Snyder and Washington Commanders. And 
Ime Aduka receiving a season-long suspension from the Celtics. Udoku, I, I think, think we covered most of those. Yeah, Aduka. Yeah, we didn't really talk about the Celtics coach getting suspended for having an affair with a Celtics employee, but we're well, not. This a big... said subordinate. Yeah, we're we're <laughs> not a, a big. What a shitty word. <laughs> I would never want to be called a subordinate. <laughs> <laughs> we're not really an NBA podcast, and also that's a kind of controversy we don't really cover. But yeah, I think overall we uh, touched most of those. Yeah, we did like seventy percent of those. Some at length. So some too much at length. Maybe, maybe listeners love the live talk though. So. Got to give the listeners what they want. All right. Well, then, as this is, as a final maybe wrap-up, as I said, I think this was probably our last episode that will come out before the end of the year. So some quick predictions for 2023. Just quick fire. Who wins the Super Bowl? I'll stick with Chargers. I said it in the beginning. I'll stick with it. (laughs) I'll say Chiefs. Who wins the Premier League? Arsenal. Are you just aiming to be I'll say City. Who wins the Champions League? City. I will also say City. That's So you've got City winning the Champions League, but falling short in their race for the Premier League. Uh, what else do we have coming up in this year? Um, Rugby Union World Cup coming up in 2023, since September. Who do you think wins that? New Zealand. Uh, it's just a safe bet. I will agree with you. Uh, who wins the NBA title? England. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's going to be a real stunner. <laughs> Tried to jump your gut. <laughs> <laughs> you just see England just puts it in the <laughs> Still wouldn't win. But uh, who, wins, <laughs> who wins the NBA title? Oh Jesus! Um, hmm. I'll go. Phoenix would be nice, huh? But I don't think that's gonna happen. I'll go Milwaukee. Okay. I will say I'll stick with Giannis. I'm gonna back a European player as well. I'm gonna say the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, playing really well. Who wins? What else have we not covered? Who wins the college football playoffs? Oh. I mean, Georgia's the easy answer, right? I'll I'll shake it up. I'll say Michigan. I would love to see Harbaugh win because it would just be so annoying to see him win. It would be great. I'm going to say Georgia. I've. I've been less original in my picks, maybe than aside Denver aside. I think I've been less original in my picks than yours. I don't know why you're trying to shake it. I will say, I will say Georgia, but I would like to see the most Michigan. Uh, What? Any other competitions you want to make a prediction for for 2023? No, I think that pretty much covers most of the main sports we cover. Stanley Cup, if you want, want to throw a team out there. A little too early. Okay. Yeah, aside from that, any 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 bold predictions for 2023? Sporting stories, you think? Will Tom Brady retire at the end of this NFL season? Oh, God, I hope so. No, no, prediction. I can't. I don't. Uh, 
no, because I think at this point, if he comes, I, I just think I know the type of mindset Tom Brady has. And if he was going to retire and then unretired and then it didn't work out, he's not then just going to retire because to him that admits that he was wrong and unretiring in the first place. So he's going to stay unretired to do well again and then retire. I agree with you in terms of the outcome. I don't agree with you in terms of the reasons behind it. Will Rafael Nadal retire at either during this season or at the end? I of thought this we just day? announced that five minutes ago. <laughs> uh, that's my question. We're going to go through the legends. Is this the? Will this be Rafael Nadal's last tennis season? <sighs> yes, with a, with a win. I agree with you. I think if you're Nadal sitting there right now, I think he's hoping, yeah, he wins the French Open and retires on the court afterwards. Will Tiger Woods retire from golf? I don't know who that is. (laughs) (laughs) At at this season. Obviously, he'll continue Uh, to make Masters appearances because you can just do that forever. But is this the time? Is this the season where he says, I'm no longer a professional golfer? No. Because I think now he's starting to enjoy it more now that he's playing with his son a lot, and you see all these, uh, you know, tournaments that are playing together in the father-son thing. So I think he's starting to enjoy it. I just think the issue is, can he play golf, enjoying it and not winning it? But I think he'll still play for a few more years. A lot less tournaments, though. I think he's going to pick and choose a lot more. Nice. He's going to play the ones he likes. You know, obviously the Pebble Beach ones he'll play. The Torrey Pines ones he'll play. All right. There are predictions. Oh, here's a final one for you. Will Blackburn be promoted in 2023? Ooh. Yes. Well, let me make we it more are, real. We are going to be up on the gun for next year. We're going to be. What's going to be really sad for Sam is Arsenal are going to win the Premier League. Sam's going to think he's coming back on because we're going to be super pro Arsenal. But then Rovers get promoted and we become a Blackburn Rovers podcast only. (laughs) We could become a Blackburn Rovers podcast tomorrow. I don't know if it would be good for our listeners, but we could definitely make that decision easily. Um, I'll say no to them getting promoted. I think they make the playoffs, but do not go up. Mm Mm-hmm. That would be disappointing. Massively. Will we go to the playoffs if they play? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Be like May, right? Yeah. I'm not missing that. No chance. All right. Well, with that, we'll have to wait and see how these predictions hold up. Some are going to happen pretty soon. Yeah, college football playoffs, I guess, is the first. That and Tom Brady retiring. And yeah. Might be next week. Super Bowl winner and Tom Brady retiring. Yeah, Tom Brady retiring could technically be the first. You know, yeah, he could, in two he, weeks. Yeah, he could miss the playoffs. And no, the- see, I think if they don't make it, then I don't think he. Re- I think he definitely does not retire if they don't make the playoffs. He will you not think he go out like that. He think he wants his final game to be a playoff game. I just think he doesn't want people to say, "See, he should have just stayed retired." Because that makes people second guess his decision, and he doesn't want to look wrong with the decision he made. I think he's going to. I think he's going to think now. I, th- I the, the scenario in which I see him retiring is if he looks at the landscape and there's no one else who wants him. But I think assuming that a team out there wants him, who he feels like are in a position 
to be better, you know, that he has a good offensive line. I think he, whether that's San Francisco conceivably, maybe bringing him in in some capacity. I don't know. Maybe the, maybe Denver decides that the Russell Wilson. Get out of here. You cannot. They're, they have to sit on that sword for many years. <laughs> is that, is that those the other messages you sent to uh, Justin Herbert? <laughs> Do you, if you are the Niners, like the idea of not saying falling on your sword, but it's just you gotta sit on that sword. Okay, okay. do you like my adaptation to that phrase? <laughs> Who just falls on a sword anymore? No, no, you need to be much more, much more uh, <laughs> thought out in your approach to the sword. Yeah, I mean, if you are the Niners, would you take Brady? So I think if you've got a situation where, I mean, I guess it depends a little bit what happens with Brock Purdy. I mean, if they win the Super Bowl, then what do you mean no. Trey Lance. What about Lance? But then the Trey Lance is when will he be healthy? So if you get to the end of the, if it's like, well, Trey Lance won't really be able to play until October, November, December, you know, then maybe you think maybe we bring in Tom Brady to be our starting quarterback until Trey Lance is ready. And then also to be there as like a mentor and help. And maybe you even have a conversation with him of like, this is kind of a coaching role to a certain degree. Try and help us um, try and bring your experience, be a good influence within the locker room, teach these players how to be, you know, kind of like you then maybe I could see that. But if you, you, obviously, if they win the Super Bowl this year, then no, because then you have, you're not going to bring, you're not going to have a three quarterback situation going into next season. And yeah. if Trey Lance is going to be healthy for week one, no as well. Okay. So I'm going to go real quick through playoff or close to playoff teams. And let's see. So Bills, no. Chiefs, no. Bengals, no. Ravens, depending on that Lamar Jackson contract, I don't know, yeah. maybe. Uh, Chargers, no. Jags, no. Dolphins, no. Patriots, question mark. Yeah. Jets, absolutely. I think yeah. if you're if you're uh, uh, the Jets, you take him. Titans, no. Are you sure about the Titans? I, I think Tannehill's locked up for a massive contract. I don't think. Yeah, but I mean, afford it. I, think, uh, I, I just don't think it would work. I mean, it depends. A lot of this then comes down to, like, is Tom Brady willing to come in on, like, a league minimum to be, like, if he, it's, at this point, does he care even about the money? I know part of the reason why he left the Patriots was because he wanted to earn what he felt like was fair money for almost the first time in his career. But maybe at this mm -hmm. stage, he says, hey, Tennessee, you want to bring me in? I'll get, we'll give you one year. Pay me. I don't think Tannehill's that bad. Tom Brady's I don't think it's – is it that much more of an upgrade where you could get a better other position and fill? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. And I'm sure he gets uh, along well with Rabel. So he's probably got that going for him. Yeah. He's got the Patriots connection. Okay. And then NFC. Eagles, no. Vikings, no. Niners, we said maybe, depending on how that goes. Yeah. Cowboys? <laughs> no, they, they like that. No, Prescott. they're going to – they yeah. like that back. Tampa Bay, could you see him going to the Bucks? <laughs> no, actually. <laughs> I I see no scenario in which he's playing for Tampa Bay next year. 
Giants. Maybe. Yeah, I think that's actually a pretty good fit. And maybe that's, if you're Tom Brady, maybe there's this whole idea, like, you lost the two Super Bowls to the Giants. Oh, you, you then, can't beat them. Join them. Yeah, exactly. And also, right, part of the argument has always been he has his other son who lives in New York, right? Like, that's always been when he's gone into, mm-hmm. like, the teams he could go to. So either the Giants or the Jets become interesting from that perspective. And in the Giants, oh, I would love that one because they could get Tom Brady for a year. They could make a playoff run, and then they could take all their draft picks, trade them for the number one pick, and get Caleb Williams, and then it'll be the best <laughs> team in the NFL for decades. Wow, it's surprising you're not a GM. <laughs> Washington, Commanders, I think, yes. Yeah. Um, and then even the Seahawks, I think, yes as well. I mean, Geno Smith's yeah. been good, but I think that's still an upgrade. Packers? Yeah. Possibly, depending on what happens with Rodgers, if Rodgers decided to retire. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there are other teams he could go to. I I don't think he'll be done because there are other teams that would benefit from having Brady that are in playoff contention. Yeah. And there's other teams we haven't even mentioned there where maybe that aren't that bad, right? Rams. You know, a scenario where they decide to move on from Stafford and they bring – but you never know. Like, Cardinals, maybe they give up on Kyler Murray. And Ken Murray, and he becomes a player coach. Oh, yes. Tom Brady, player coach. And kicker. He does everything. (laughs) But no, there's some other teams that are kind of on the bubble that you could maybe, he could convince himself of like, okay, this next year they could be, they could be good. Even a team like Carolina. You know what I mean? Like you could, you could, he could tell himself. I mean, anyone in that division. Yeah, but you could. Carolina or the Saints. Saints, yeah, for sure. But he definitely wants weapons and stuff around him, right? So the Raiders? Uh, I think their car's pretty good. I think he gets a bad rap because he's on a shit team. But I could still see... I mean, there's rumors around the Raiders that they have made some kind of uh, attempt to bring Brady in and promises have been I don't made. think Brady would go to the Raiders. If I were a player, I would not want to go to the Raiders. They're just yeah. a clusterfuck of an organization. But what a move. Tom Brady divorces his wife, moves to Vegas, just starts living the Vegas lifestyle. Bachelor <laughs> back on the scene. Just Tom Brady yeah, out boy. clubbing, clubbing every night. You know, the, I couldn't the, be wasted on anyone worse than Tom Brady. <laughs> the TB3 model would become completely different. <laughs> He's got a whole new manner of, you know, like new techniques for getting limber and supple. <laughs> All right. Well, with you saying the word supple, I think we'll call it a day. <laughs> All right. See you. <laughs>